Playoff time is when things start getting serious on the court. Players are more driven than ever to win these big games and keep advancing. Goodyear knows all about being more driven, too. Working hard to help you advance on and off the road. Let Goodyear.com help you choose what's best. You know what? You know the expression, doing too much? <laughs> That's where yep. we're at. Hashtag. Hashtag. Uh, did you guys see that Kevin Hart, like, yep. a bit with LeVar? Yeah, look, the, the truth is, Cassidy, LeVar is good television. He just yeah, I is. Know. He I is, know. like, anyone who wants to say differently is totally no. wrong. Like, I've That's been exactly watching lots of is. episodes of Fall in the Family. <laughs> lots <laughs> of episodes. He is and the you know what? They're just like the Kardashians. The they Storylines galore. Lonzo now has a baby on the way. Like, I mean. Oh, we haven't got to that yet. We're still, right now, we're still traveling to Lithuania. We're not there yet. Oh. You know? It's, you know what? And the same thing is, is don't hate the player, hate the game. You know, you know what just occurred to me is that uh, D'Angelo Russell was supposed to be like this can't miss prospect to the Lakers, and then it just all combusted. And Lonzo is this like can't miss prospect on the Lakers, and it seems like there's a lot of stuff going on there. I like, mean, like they've won twelve of their last seventeen games, twelve, twelve game, thirteen games of the he's missed. I mean, when 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 does the blame start to it. shift from these from these guys on the team to the team? No, the kids love themselves some Lonzo. Lavar, you have to list all the names. Ball. I know. <laughs> and the thing is, and the, you know what the, the 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 difference is? It's like he really is a good player. Like I mean, people don't want to give him any credit. He's a fantastic player. Is he Jason Kidd? Way too early to say. Early returns, more like Ricky Rubio. But you know what? Like he doesn't have to be the superstar. He, you know, if the Lakers are as good as they've been playing lately. Uh, well, even he doesn't him. need to be the superstar, especially if uh, LeBron and, and Paul George join right. the team. Speaking of, let's do this in three, two, one. Welcome into the Hoop Collective podcast, Cassidy Hellworth in NYC, Ramona Momo out in L.A. with producer extraordinary, Andrew Hahn. Today, getting her workout in today. She's training. She's actually a professional athlete, so someday she needs to, it's leg day, so she needs to get it in. Um, so <laughs> it's, it, it, it's us three, uh, and um, we were mentioning you know, the prospects of uh, LeBron going to the Cavs, or going to the Lakers, well, Freudian slip. Um, the Cavs, <laughs> though, did all they could to try to keep LeBron. Uh, you did that trade deadline special on Thursday. Were, how surprised were you by just the onslaught of, of moves the Cavs made? Oh, I was pretty dang surprised. I got to tell you, Cass, because I had, uh, you know, we had all been reporting on this all the way up until the deadline. And it really wasn't until the night before that we started to hear the Cavs had a few things going. But even then, it seemed rather minor. Like, you know, I talked to one person pretty pretty dang close to the situation. And, you know, the night before, it was like, still the most likely thing that they do is their first and Amon Shumpert for somebody. And, you know, it just didn't seem like they could find that much of an impact player, you know, for for that package um you know it didn't seem the Clippers wanted more than that 
They didn't necessarily want him on Shumpert or Tristan Thompson. And so you got to this place where it was like, yeah, all of that's nice, but what can they really get? And by morning, you know, you, you saw why the Cavs had been keeping things so close to the vest, which is simply they had about 12 things going at one mm-hmm. point. I mean, I, what I would give to be in that war room to see all the different, like, scenarios Kobe Altman and his staff He was playing chess. He was playing chess, okay? I mean, the deals were intricate. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I was on that game that night yep. before yep. the trade deadline. And, you know, I, I was talking to Woj just about all the discussions with the Cavs and the conversation were that they, it was that they were they were having a lot of discussions with a lot of teams, but the issues with um, just their play as of late was affecting the trade market. And then they go out and have the game of the year, um, and LeBron James looking like the LeBron James we all know he is, um, not the one we've seen last month where, as we talked about on the podcast uh, last week, was he doing this on purpose to tell Kobe Altman, hey, do something because this is not it. And as we saw on Sunday against the Celtics, it is a brand new team, and they look like world beaters. Cassidy, it is night and day. <laughs> like when you saw them against the Celtics on Sunday – like, like it looked like everybody was happy. Like they all had just gone to Disneyland. I'm going to make this Disney kind of related G rated. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make that analogy G rated. Cause you know, why not? We're at Disney that, and that was not the mood in the locker room <laughs> no. on, that, on Wednesday night. I no. will tell you, everybody and, was not and, feeling and, it. You can, no, it was palpable and, how much they just, I had, I had it was to over as player before this cast and it was like it was after the game in Orlando right where they blew the 21 point lead Mm -hmm. and you know came back and lost that I mean came back to lose right (laughs) yeah exactly um, and it was you know that game was just it was like that was the end like that game Mm -hmm. was like the final straw and this one player I spoke to that night it was real late at night you know and they were probably on the plane or something and um you know this player told me he goes these these pieces just don't fit like this team is it's just going to end badly. Like it just feels like there's a separation coming. It feels like there's, you know, this whole, the last part of this season is just going to be very painful. And I mean, you felt it like every mm-hmm. single player felt it. And, and I think, I think the most important thing Cassidy was just belief, right? Like you have right. to believe that these guys deep down, if you, if, if you put, if everyone comes together and plays a certain way, Every player in that locker room somehow needs to believe that they can win. And I think they had lost that belief. It's like anything in life and in entertainment. It comes down to chemistry. And, you know, think about that Cavs team that won the chip. You just remembered seeing how much they liked each other, all the handshakes, the, you know, the celebrations on the sidelines. You just, you didn't see any real joy from um, this Cavs team specifically in the last month. Now, you saw a lot of joy on Sunday, um, and granted, like, it's that new relationship butterfly feeling, but these pieces are really interesting uh, and, and seem to play off well um, with LeBron, who, you know, like, he looked amazing on Sunday. He looked like a LeBron James. Cassidy, yep. can, can we rewind for a second? Because you were at that Wolves-Cavs game the day before the trade deadline, and like, people are always like, oh, winning cures all. And that was, like, an amazing game. LeBron hits that game winner. It, it almost looked like he knew the moves were coming because, he, you know, he had a pep in his step. Well, Cassidy, 
I am here to tell you that he did know some moves were coming because Kobe Altman went to him right beforehand and told him that they had several deals that had a lot of momentum. And it's not clear exactly if he told him which players were going in, were coming in and which were going out. But he knew enough before Wednesday's game to know that help was really on the way. And it clearly lift, you know, put some wind in his sails. And, you know, he played 48 minutes. He had the crazy block at the end. He had the, he had the Christian Leitner shot. Like, it, you know, everything. Do you think there was some home cooking on that? Then. Do you think there was some home cooking on that, uh, that shot, by the way? I think there's always home cooking on, like, some, the last on the play clock. of the game. Yeah. Yeah, on the last but play of the game, But he still made too. it. So for them to take He's, that away. Like, he still made it. And, and, you know, there may have been some travel. But, you know, I mean, I understand. But, you know, I, we've seen a lot of these, like, last-second plays or last-end-of-game plays where you're mm-hmm. like, you know, you understand it's, you know, the, the referees aren't going to call those kind of ticky-tack no. things at that stage in the game. Well, and I had actually the um, the Timberwolves next game um, against uh, the Bulls, and so I actually talked to Jimmy Butler, and he was just like, "Man, like that. I mean that that ending is going to stick with me." But I will say, LeBron reached out to me um, and sent me a text, being like, "Great duel! Like you are always such a hard um, battle." And he was like, "And I really appreciated that, like just to feel like some sort of like man, I battled my butt off, and I just and I just said you got beat by arguably the best player to ever play the game." Granted, that's an arguably hard capital letter because I'm still Jordan all day, but that that was a you know Jimmy Butler is one of the best two way players in the game, and taking on LeBron James like that was to me that was one of the best games of the year. Um, one of the best games of the year, easily. Um, also, maybe one of the most impactful games, right? Like, when you look back, there's usually about a dozen regular season games that, when we think back on the regular season, those are, like, high points in the season, you know? I remember a couple of years ago, um, when the Warriors were first, you know, going through their run, I think it was, so this would have been uh, 2016, okay? Um, that year when they were going to win 73, there was a game down in San Antonio where Steph Curry just went absolutely nuts in the second half, right? Like he just made everything. Remember when he was shooting 40 footers? Yeah. I mean, I still remember that game because that was the one where you said, you know what? The Warriors are going to win 73. They're going to win. No, he was magical. Like he was a a sorcerer. And I felt that way when I was watching the Cavs yesterday in that game (laughs) against, you know, in that game, um, in Boston, you know, Boston Garden, right? This is Paul Pierce's retirement game, yes. New Jersey retirement game. Oh my game. gosh! And it's just the, the fact that LeBron, him. yes, and the, the fact that LeBron spoiled Paul Pierce's retirement, you know, ceremony, mm-hmm. like that shot of him, like as they're down thirty, yeah, just like man. <laughs> uh, you know why those something. two have a rivalry? I don't know yeah. that anything could have spoiled Paul Paul's Pierce's yeah. retirement ceremony. He was so happy. And he was so into it. And like he had, you know, Paul. I so was KG. Like, and yeah. And let's get, let's reunite this. OK, let's let's like go back. I, you know, I, there, there was a lot of talk about whether or not Paul should have said the thing about Isaiah Thomas and, you know, not having his day there on the same day. Yada, yada, mm-hmm. Yada. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I've just oh, look, first of all, I got to know Paul a little bit this last year that he's been out in L.A. doing game, you know, doing sports shows with us and stuff. But he's like not that kind of guy, right? He's not a super. He's like a very nice guy. He's one of the. He he made sure to like learn my name. He always says hello when he sees you in the parking lot or going mm-hmm. through the building. Like he's not like some big time, you know, arrogant, self self absorbed guy at all. He's 
very polite and nice. Um, and I think, you know, with him, it's, um, I, I would say with, you know, with the Isaiah Thomas stuff, I was always understanding of what Paul was saying, which is simply, you get one night, like, yeah. this. you get one day to be all about you. And, you know, you gotta, some, most people would just convey that through their agent, right? They would just sort of convey, I'm not happy with the idea that I have to share my night with Isaiah Thomas. I'm not happy um, that you'd even put me in this position. That's, that's what your agent's for. That's what you pay him, right? Like, you don't want to have those uncomfortable conversations. But, but in some ways, you got to respect the fact that he did say it. You know, you got to yeah. respect the fact that he did advocate for himself. And, like, we always talk about, like, you know, why, you know, why, do he, why are people passive aggressive? Why don't they tell us what they're really thinking or saying? Well, shoot, Paul, George, Paul, Paul Pierce told you what he was really saying and thinking. And I'm glad he did because he should have. I don't think he should have had to share his night with anybody. And you know, obviously, it was a moot point with Isaiah Thomas no longer being with the Cavs and out here right. in Los Angeles with me and the Lakers now. Um, but it's well, you know, I will so say, was, I mean, it was a really did, nice night. He, it was a night. It was a nice night, and you know, he deserved um, to have that moment and have that date for him. But to say he didn't share that day yeah. <laughs> is not true because there's so many things that happened in that game. That game was about so much more than Paul Pierce. That game was about the new look Cavs. That game was about even Kyrie. It still was a little bit about Kyrie and LeBron and about Kyrie and the Celtics, you know, like the moment the Celtics feel like they have an edge on the Cavs, like boom, you know, wake up call. And then also, Isaiah Thomas makes a nice appearance. The liking a uh, video of um, Kyrie just yak saucing on um, uh, on LeBron, and then you got all the like fun weird things in the <laughs> in the background, like KG's weird hoodie. Um, you know, Ray Allen golfing and posting it during the uh, you know the retirement ce- uh, ceremony. It was just like yesterday was peak NBA. Yeah, like 50 that in of that NBA. game. 50 shades of NBA in that game alone. Um, and then, you know, and, and, and the thing that's going to last the longest is talking about what this new Cavs team means. Do you think this Cavs team, from what we saw, small-ass sample size, granted, but do you think they they have <laughs> enough now to oh, – I can't believe this question's coming out of my mouth, but it's the only question that matters. Like, if they play the way they played yesterday, can they give the Warriors a run? Or are you like Jeff Van Gundy, who declared yesterday it's still the Warriors? And don't even think about it. Well, look, there's two separate questions that matter right now. It does. It is still the Warriors, but I think that the Cavs now go back to being the favorites in the East. I, yeah, I, you know, I know they're going to have an adjustment. Poor Raptors. I, well, look, I I don't know. I don't, I don't ever want to say poor anybody. Okay. You want to knock off the champs, you the right. Eastern Conference champs at least. You just you, it's on you to knock them off. Like you don't wait till they get old and brittle. You go do it now. Do it whenever. If you if you are truly worthy of being the Eastern Conference champions and going to the finals, you got to beat the best. And I know the Cavs did what they had to do to retool. And I thought it was like a really interesting. I mean, the, the, the trades that Kobe Altman made at trade deadline day will have ramification for years to come. And, you know, and they didn't tell, even get rid of their Nets pick. And right, they were able to tell he had an ideological philosophy that mm-hmm. he was going, and, and it was like, you know, he has a background in finance. So it's like, I, I felt like I was watching a stock trader, like 
go, you know, and you know, when you check off, like when you're signing up for your 401k and you go, yep. okay, what is your risk tolerance? And you say like, I want to be aggressive, but I don't want to be super, um, super risky. Like, you know, I want you to push it, but I don't want you to take like big swings that potentially right. lose me half the value of my 401k or something. Right. Like you yep. have to like check off risk tolerance. So like Kobe Altman's risk tolerance and the Cavs risk tolerance was actually right about a seven. Okay. Like they were not at an eight or a nine or a 10, like eight or nine or 10 is take on Kemba Walker, Nick Batum and Deandre Jordan. Mm, That's yeah. what an eight, nine or 10 would be. Yeah. And those are really big ticket items, you know, that are going to put you in luxury tax hell forever and may or may not make you that much better this year or even in the future um, if LeBron leaves. Like the six or seven risk tolerance is exactly what they did, which is to get a bunch of young players, depth for that rotation. Like if LeBron were to leave this group next year, they would not be the favorites in the East. But no. They would not be the worst team in the league either. Not at all. They leave not themselves some out, nor would they be stuck paying a gigantic luxury tax bill. And they and still think- have and they still have their pick. I just wanted to hot take this for a second. I sort of think that this I mean, chemistry issues with standing because they still need time to gel. Like this new team that Kobe Altman put together, on paper to me looks better than the Cavs team that won the title. Now, granted, Kyrie Irving is the best individual well, player that is the difference on the rosters. But, like, yeah. they won the title because 19,000 different things went wrong for the Warriors in that final series. Well, that's just – that's a playoff. I mean, that, that happens. You can, sure. you can you know the what, same though? thing. And I'm going to disagree with you on that because I think that team in, two, you know, the, the year that they won um, was, like, the, they were – they had a lot of really smart – good basketball players who found like their best selves in that finals. Like Kevin Mm -hmm. Love defending Steph Curry in that, in the game seven. I mean, Kevin Love has never played better defense. Right. right? Richard Jefferson even found like fountain of youth. Like I I think that you can't really discount wisdom. You can't really discount basketball IQ. And that's the thing that, you know, we're going to need to see from these young guys. Like one of the things that, you know, somebody I, I trust um, who knows LeBron very well says about the types of teammates he likes to play with is not only do you need good two-way players to be able to to impress King James, right? You have to have basketball IQ. You have to know what you're doing out there. That's why he loves the Richard Jeffersons or the Channing Fries right. or the, you know, right. he loves those kind of players because he LeBron is one of the smartest players who's ever played the game. Like he's one of the smartest mm-hmm. basketball minds out there. And if you can't hang then you're not getting on the court. You know, let's look at the Cavs bench, Cass. There's a reason yep. why a lot of those guys don't play. And it's not yeah. because they're not good basketball players. No, and I, I you know, I think it's also interesting, um, I think what George Hill said, you know, yep. right off the bat. He says, we're, we're all Robins here. Um, we know who our Batman is. And so I think, you know, a lot with um, the, the moves that were made before the season, the Cavs, you got a lot of aging players. You have some weird dynamics, even with D Wade, um, you know, there's just, there just that, that chemistry just wasn't there. And you have these four guys who are coming in just excited about competing for a championship. You saw the Larry Nance Jr. video when he was walking into the Hawks arena. He was like, upgrade, upgrade. And so this team, along with LeBron, 
who, you know, age 33, but really in, you know, LeBron years is uh, 36 because of how many miles he has. They, they just needed some new energy. Some, for instance, there were agent client relationship. You're with an agent for a long time. You know, they know you, but is the hunger to kind of like sell you the same as if you start with, a, you know, start with someone brand new that uh, who, who's learning uh, new ways to work with you, finding different aspects that like excite you, you know, or even just somebody who tried to poach you. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like somebody who tries to poach you is all about you. Right. When they try to come after you. Right. All about you, all about selling you. This is a brand new to like, these guys are playing with LeBron James for the first time. So like his smarts, his waste, like leadership style is all new and exciting. Like, you know, this, this could just be the jolt that LeBron needs at this point in his career because he still has the physical capabilities to be the best on the court any given moment, as we've seen many times this year. But to have that just jolt of energy around him, people who just want to. I mean, you had a lot of weird uh, personality situations with D-Wade coming off the bench, Isaiah in a contract year, you know, Amon Shumpert still having his connection to Kyrie. Like, there's just, there was just things that were working against that team gelling from the jump. And so this move, um, it just feels like everyone's going to be starting on the same page. guys though Ramona who do you think is going to have the biggest impact the four guys they got or the five yeah. or six guys they sent out no. <laughs> I mean I, so, I know what that is <laughs> you know and it's interesting because like I think you know that Kobe Altman had an incredible quote at the press conference and we we're all going to pick up on this was just going to be a slow death march right that was a great quote For, mm. you know, like after I heard that I was like you need to do more press conferences right you keep saying really interesting things. yeah <laughs> okay but um, he had a quote near the end of it, and he said, you know, I had a I had a coach who once said, we need fountains, not drains. And that stuck with me, man. That's just something for life, isn't it? Like, you need yes. to have people in your life who are fountains, not drains. I was like, man, I could find up five people in my life who are drains. And Wait. I'm trying to, like, cut that back a little bit, right? Because you just go, you know, every time I get off the phone with one of those people, I'm just like, man, that was like a half hour of negativity that right. I don't need, you know? Right. And I want, it's like, you want to be friends with people and you want to be supportive. But at some point, if you're not helping yourself, I can't help you. And you sound like a Will Smith Instagram story right now. <laughs> I do, right? I do a little bit, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, no, you're right. You're right. You know, like, I mean, Colby Altman may just be the X factor to keep LeBron in Cleveland. He may just and, be. And, and thinking of the, you know, I think your point earlier was really well taken, which is, you know, you get, you need some new energy in there. People have been doing this for four years in a row, right? The Warriors are so irritable right now. Like, I don't yes. even enjoy being around them like I used to. I used to go up to Golden State and just feel better about my life. Yeah. Because everyone up there was so happy and they had a, 
great balance to them and a great perspective on life. And I was like, man, I feel like I want to get up and go for a hike in the Berkeley Hills every mm-hmm. morning and then go sip some kombucha and, and some, some matcha tea and stuff. And then I'm going to go see all my friends. I know all of that's gross, right? I don't, I don't like kombucha. Let's just be on the record about that. Yeah, but no. like, but like, like, I feel like everything up when, when you go up to the Bay area, like you have this sort of like Popovichian sort of zest for life and enjoyment of family and friends and food and wine. And like, they have these team dinners every night this year. Mm-mm. There's not much joy in Oaktown. Okay? Well, there, like, and, so there's something to be said about motivation. They just, you know, yeah. like what's motivating them. It's the same group. I mean, there's a famous Pat Riley quote, you know, five years after five years of hearing the same thing every day, people kind of, they kind of lose their, their steam. You know, they kind of, they kind of start tuning you out. I think the Cavs had got to that point. I really like when I was there a few weeks ago and they had lost the warriors on Martin Luther King day. And it, it just, it just felt like it just felt sad. I don't know. I want to put it like when I'm in golden state, I feel like they're irritable. I feel like mm-hmm. they still like each other. They still have a camaraderie, oh, yeah. but like they just been doing this for too long. It's like a marriage when you're, you know, yep. like, you know, like you love your partner and you're, there's no real issues, but you're taking out your like small irritabilities on, on, on that person because that's who you take yeah. it out on. And what, what I mean, they're not taking it out on each other, but they're taking it out on everything else in and around the game, the refs, the, you know, just like going popping off just because they can, you know, like with the Cavs, like, like, I, I feel like those young guys, like there's a, you know, in terms of like, they're, it's just that they're young. Like, do you know how nice it is to play with a young player? Like, right. you know, they were, they were, the cows were just cafelling about Jetty Osmond because he was young and energetic and he's flying all right. over the court. Right. He's so excited. He's and innocent. Like, yes. Yeah. It's like he got a new little puppy to play with. Right. 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 <laughs> so I think like, but then you guys. have Larry Nance, you have oh Jordan Clarkson, you you know, yeah. Rodney Hood, like those three guys, they have, they have such pep in their step. And then you have George Hill who like, this is his time. Like, yeah, let, he you just know. escaped Sacramento. Right. Okay? He got paid. He was like, seemed to be rather disinterested in anything going on with the key of Kings this year. All of a sudden you're like, now he just landed back, you know, in basketball, you know, I don't want to call it heaven, okay, but at least he's back in near the top of the standings with a chance to win and play meaningful games. And, you know, George Hill has been in a place like this before. I mean, remember, he was on those Pacers teams where they just imploded. I mean, and he's seen a locker room that's totally imploded with a lot of talent and all that. I mean, he's he's been through some things, okay, and then he, you know, had kind of a journey through the wilderness, right, and got paid but not what he thought he was going to get. And now this is kind of like your shot. Okay, what do you got left, bud? You know, you're exactly. right back into the starting lineup. Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance. First of all, I love the fact that Larry Nance is playing in his hometown. I yeah. love that, like, the Cleveland fans get to root for, you know, his. he's Larry Nance Sr.'s son. And he is bouncy, and he is fun, and he's become a great defender. I think he's going to – they have really high hopes for him. When I was talking to Kobe Altman after the deadline, he said, you know, that they were really excited about Uh, They think he has a very high ceiling. And I think none of the guys they got are are particularly strangers to controversy. The only guy that I would have some some question about how he will handle the spotlight of all this, like the, the, the chaos and the crucible that is Cleveland basketball right now, would be Rodney Hood. I mean, he hasn't experienced all that much in, in Utah. 
um, with the scrutiny those teams are under comparatively. But I, I really like Rodney Hood's game. He's he's coming into restricted free agency, so this is right. I mean, it's just out time. of those four guys, though, like he's the one who's probably going to go under the radar a little bit. So I think maybe, and this is just you know me early impressions, but I think. There's just a little bit more personality in the game of Larry Nance, Jordan Clarkson, George Hill. I think Rodney would be a nice surprise, anything that he yep. contributes. And um, Rodney is one of those guys who I don't think a lot of people realize how good he is. Like, he's very good. Ago, yeah. Sneaky two good. years ago, he was like the guy the Jazz were thinking was going to be the co-star with Gordon Hayward. I mean, they right. thought he was... He has that kind of ability and talent. He just hasn't been particularly consistent. I will say, now that Larry Nance is a uh, Cav... I wonder if he's going to bring LeBron out for the dunk contest because, you know, he's representing Cleveland now. That would be I mean, anything other than bringing his father, former slam dunk champion Larry Nance Sr., out onto that court at Staples Center will be a disappointment to me. Okay, that's fine, but you're telling me if LeBron uses LeBron at all? Okay, fine, it's dad and LeBron. (laughs) Okay. I'm getting greedy, okay? I need to see Papa out there. Like, this is... I mean, can you have, have we ever had that, Han? Do you know? Have there ever been father son slam dunk champions? There, I mean, there's not I mean, that Brent, many father son players, so I don't think so. Right. I mean, the only one who would have had a chance would be Brett Barry and his dad, right? But I don't think his dad ever won a slam dunk contest. Yeah, Brett right. Barry was not quite right. the high flyer. Nope. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, it is this that is i was already looking forward to larry nance jr in the dunk contest because he i've gotten to see him for a few the first few years of his career at staples center and like that guy can fly like mm-hmm. and he doesn't just it's not just flying and bounce he is so long and graceful it's like he's like a condor out there exactly and i just you know brooke lopez really knows fun. very well brooke lopez knows very well <laughs> i mean this dunk contest is going to be great i hope the um the youngins show up, you know, sometimes like the super athletic players like Donovan Mitchell and Dennis Smith Jr. Like doesn't always translate to the dunk contest, but like, I I, I hope it does. And Donovan Mitchell, man, oh man, again, again, last night, just showing his game is just beyond his years. Right. I'll tell you something. I met, I met Donovan Mitchell last year during the finals. His, his, his agent brought him out to the finals and they were sort of walking around and, introducing him to the scene this is before he got drafted obviously um and he introduced him to me and i honestly i didn't know who he was like i didn't know i didn't place him as future nba first round pick i didn't place him like i i vaguely had heard the name at some point in college basketball but like couldn't place what school he went to right like it was you know but i remember thinking it was cool that his agent brought him to the finals and exposed him to some of that and thinking, you know, that's a, that's cool. I like that. Like, I've seen some players do that. I think Ben Simmons was there at the finals when he was getting ready to be drafted. Like, I, you know, I remember Andrew, I feel like Andrew Wiggins was. Like, Rich Paul usually brings his clients around um, and uh, when, when LeBron's in the finals, right? But I, I think that showed me something. Like, I remembered meeting Donovan Mitchell there. And I remember thinking, oh, that was, that was cool. And the fact that he was, like, engaged and and like soaking that whole scene up whereas most draft prospects i mean they're just you know training and and so focused on themselves that they don't have and they don't have any bandwidth for what's going on in the nba before they get drafted but that that said something to me um and you know someone who's really excited about uh playing with with with, uh donovan mitchell jay crowder 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was like, talk about shade investigations. Um, that's a open and shut case right there. Describe your debut as a jazz man. Unbelievable. These guys have welcomed me since I walked through the door. Uh, and playing on the court with them is very, very, very fun, man. I, I got back to having fun playing basketball. Um, with a great group of guys. It couldn't happen no better. What about this system allows you to be so comfortable like you were tonight? Well, we're playing off one another. And once we once I get better with these guys, it, it should get better. Uh, but we're playing free. Coach gives a lot of freedom to these guys. Uh, some structure, but a lot of freedom, and I love it. I love playing with them. I love playing within the system. Um, it'll be fun. How about well, to come up we're going to have <laughs> many, detective many investigations from all of the former Cavs for the rest of yes. eternity. Right, exactly. Isaiah Thomas liking yep. that Instagram post. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. pretty much everything Isaiah Thomas is going to say now that he is with the Lakers. From this point, very point. I mean, yeah, the first yeah. thing that Isaiah said after that Lakers game was like he he felt like he got his powers back. I can't remember yes. a trade where like the team that traded the players away and the players that left like everyone's happy, everyone's ecstatic. Right. It was. It is what it is. It didn't work. And good for them for figuring it out instead of staying in a bad relationship and it just exploding on everybody at the end of the season. I mean, but, it's also what happens when you trade players to your biggest rival. Like, you know, I'm like, I, obviously, Jay and, and Isaiah were, you know, got on board with the Cleveland thing. But, like, they right. had a real connection in Boston to those yeah. teams. And, like, there was a real rivalry between them and the Cavs. And it's hard to just switch sides like that. You know, it's hard especially when it's not your own choice. Like it's one thing if you're a free agent, you go from the Yankees to the Red Sox, like Jacoby Ellsbury or John Damon or whatever you want to, you know, those guys, they chose, okay. They chose to go there. But when you just get traded unceremoniously right. Right. and to your biggest rival, like, oh, right. And then you got to get like, and, and, and let's, let's not ignore the fact that Isaiah came in, you know, like a, you know, a lover scorn because of it being traded on top of the fact that he got hurt. And, you know, in hindsight, he says he wouldn't have pushed through it if he knew he was going to get traded. So there's that drama. And then Jay Crowder, don't forget his mom passed away right before the season. So he had so many um, emotions he was dealing with as well. And that like, that should not be overlooked about, you know, just outside things that were playing into all the emotions being brought inside that locker room. Yep. And sometimes it just doesn't work out the time. It's not just about the personalities of the players. Yep. It's the timing of whatever is going on in those players' lives. It, it, I mean, you it's just that things happen. Things happen. Anyways, Momo, I will be I, seeing, I will seeing both of you guys all, you know, later on this week for all-star uh, making my way to LA. So uh, woot woot. Hopefully it's Come a good out time. Here. It is delightful. It is 75 degrees and sunny. I'm almost the office and I have yet to hit any traffic. It's, you know, it's just that kind of day in LA. Yeah, but it's it, all, all it is is going to be sitting in our cars, you know, all star week. But enjoy that no traffic for now. <laughs> all right. Have a good day, guys. Appreciate you. Oh, you sounded pretty good for a guy who just had. 